0: I say the future is ours. Now, look what we have here before us. That is a miracle. Oh, no, and miracles is the way things ought to be. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can
1: you dig it?
0: What it is, what it does, what it is, what it isn't. Looking for a better way to get up out of bed instead of getting on the internet and checking a new hit, get up. First shot come walk walking, little bit of
2: humble, a little bit of cautious, somewhere between like Rocky and Cosby for the game. Nope, nope, y'all can't copy up glad. move walking. and this here, it's our party. My posse been on Broadway, and we did it all always. I brought this note back in the future and now it's a race. Of course it's a race! But what does that
1: mean? it means your future hasn't been written yet no
0: one's has your future is whatever you make it for making a good one trust me on my i n d e p e n d e n t shit hustling chasing dreams since i was 14 with the four track bus and halfway across that city with the back, back, back. Now if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you gotta be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you wanna be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're
2: better than that. Can we go back? This is the moment.
0: Meant to be here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Now, can I kick it? Thank you. Yeah, I'm so damn grateful. I grew up really wanna go fronts, but that's what you get when Wu Tang raised you. Y'all can't stop me. Go hard like I got to hit out of in my heartbeat. And I'm meeting at the beat like it gave a little speed to a great white shark on shark. I, I, I yeah. Life moves
2: pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss
0: it. So what
1: have you watched Reeves? I just watched Elvis, Boz Lerman. Where'd you go see that Downtown AMC.
0: Ooh, very nice. Yeah.
1: Very yeah. nice. Not the nicest. You don't you don't like the palace? Uh there's better. Yeah. I had a really bad experience there with the second. Spider-Man by Andrew Garfield. Can't remember the name. In a bad like, did you get mugged or something? No, just dad brought in two, three, and five-year-old boys that just talked (laughs) relentlessly, and they had like literally no etiquette. They're young kids. It's a Spider-Man movie. It's a Spider-Man movie. They were excited. Yeah, but dad had like just did it. It was a Tuesday matinee. He was like, I don't care. They're gonna scream the whole time. Okay. And I just was like, I'm out. Gotcha. I can't enjoy the movie. I didn't say anything because I'm a nice guy. Their kids. I don't so, care. So now
0: you just judge this place. This, this <laughs> yeah, is the absolutely. place where you let your kids go and scream. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Downtown. Which
1: weirds me up because it's downtown.
0: I've seen many a classic film at the Palace. I've had plenty of good experiences. The first movie I saw in the Palace was uh, the first Mission Impossible. God Why damn, is that old? Back in '96. Yeah.
2: No way. Well,
0: it. Uh, well, I mean, it was. It was also. It opened with the Sundance also being open as well. Remember, no, on uh, Houston No, Street.
1: no, 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 I was not a downtown I I was going to Town in Grapevine. Okay,
0: yeah, so I was, I, was, I was closer to downtown Fort Worth mm-hmm. than you were. Yeah, there, there were two movie theaters within like three blocks of each other in downtown. Uh, and they were both owned by AMC. One was the Palace, which got renovated. And then there was one uh, called The Sundance, which actually the, the film, 8 Seconds, premiered. Like they had the big Hollywood premiere Ooh. at the, the AMC Sundance. Fun fact, wow. but it was like set in like, in like the lofts, you know, like, you know, Houston Street, uh-huh. like it has like, you know, yes. the, the comedy show yep. over there and it has the, the coffee beanery, you know, all those little small, really, you know, close together shops. It's just like that. Like, like you wouldn't know there was an entire movie theater. Wow. Like within these Like late 90s I had no idea. The second you walked inside, it was just an escalator what? all the way to the top. Sundance because Sundance Square Sundance Square so So Sundance AMC Sundance wow dude i um, never even heard of that oh it was magical you know
1: I'm a Grapevine kid and the Tinseltown was built which was an epic like Weirdly cool giant theater. Was it was always the,
0: was that Vine Mills. No, Tinseltown
1: so, Tinsel Town was, was first own theater. It opened for Titanic weekend, December, December of ninety-seven. My first date, seventh grade date. Dad dropped me off at Tinsel Town opening weekend. I mean that's Titanic. I got a whole story for that. So, it's so, it's, so, it's a thirty-minute story because I was used to going to movies eight. That yeah. was off of William D Tate in 114. It was there forever as the Dollar Theater till the early aughts. Mm. I abused her so that often. I did. hit the movie seat <laughs> up constantly for a dollar. But Tinseltown was the first big theater in the area. To be honest, mm. awesome. I mean it was a. That was a Cinemark, right? Cinemark, Tinseltown. I think it was 18. One of those teens where you're going,
0: whoa. That many screens?
1: And it was massive. And it had that old Hollywood touch to it, the golden Hollywood touch. It was, you know, the seats were purple. Stadium seating, massive theaters. Opening of Titanic. You know I'm a movie theater experience guy. So, dude, first date. I was like, I'm I'm in seventh grade. I'm I'm like 12. Any money, we go pick the girl up last minute i'm like well i need money to buy tickets and he's like this is all i have and it's a hundred dollar bill Ugh. you give a kid a hundred dollar bill in seventh grade he's a millionaire oh absolutely i put it in my little wallet that had nothing in it because i don't even have a bank account <laughs> yeah. that cute couple on their first date all nervous and i walked up and i was like two for titanic please that'll be 11.50 because mm-hmm. it was 1997 and like, premiere tickets $5. for five fifty. Yeah, oh yeah. And I pulled that little $100 bill out of my pocket like a champ, I was like, oh no, I got this. Like, it was mine. <laughs> like, no big deal, that's all I got in there. Of course, my dad's kind of a tightwad. He goes, I better get some change back. But hey, I'm at $88. Tinseltown had it going on, dude. They had a food court, and then they had the arcade. So I went and dropped 20 on the arcade like it was nothing, tokens. Uh-huh. We're in seventh grade. Parents had to pick us up. We had to get dropped off, and so,
0: uh... So how much change did you get back?
1: Like I said, so yeah, 20 at the arcade, because we got there early. We were like, it's going to be busy. we got to be in line, because this is Titanic opening night. And we're little kids, and we don't know what we're doing. It's our first date, but we weren't chaperoned.
0: <laughs> we, just, yeah.
1: we just did our own thing. It was the first time letting your little baby bird fly, I guess. So mm-hmm. I've dropped twenty at the arcade. I'm, I, you know, I'm trying to not let her win at air hockey, but you know, Come it's on. hard. Basketball hoopy thing, like, oh man, no, like, it's too oh bad. I
0: missed. <sighs> I was a nice guy. I'm a skee ball guy. That's, uh, that's Ooh, I it. suck
1: at ski ball. So we could double ball. up. Yeah. We'd go, uh, yeah, your boy gets skee ball. Yeah. i get basketball yeah double or nothing so I, I dropped 20 at the arcade then guess what it's popcorn coke time i'm at 68 68.75 that's a lot of the candy stand because okay. of course i went uh oh, i'll take a coke well, or what would you like i'm down to like 53 bucks dude Eep. and i had a time of my life but awkward you don't know how to hold her hand you know or, no you know there's <laughs> so first date movie was weird
0: The show is officially started. You ready? Let's go. Here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Spitting the Real Shit, uh, the only weekly movie podcast made exclusively by, for, and about the online Facebook group, The Real Shit. And I know I say this every time, but you are catching us on a very special day, because not only is this our 79th episode ever, This is our second year anniversary celebration extravaganza. We are taking this time to take a look back at a year's worth of episodes spanning from July of 2021 to today. On top of that, Ryan and myself laid down the gauntlet as we divulge our top 11 through 20 films of all time. It took two years to get here, and it's so cool to be able to revel in it. And my name is Charlie Thompson, founder, administrator, and bracket master of The Real Shit, and making a special trip to join me As always, is my co host and fellow administrator, live and in person, the Midnight Movie Maniac himself, Rylan Johnson. What's going on, man?
1: I'm at the Thompson household. Two years of consistency. We've been trucking along, and I'm so fucking proud of us, man. You do so much work for us. I appreciate you so much. Man, I'm just so happy to be here. (laughs) I got here early. We've been having a few brews, we've been having a good time. Absolutely. We've known each other prior, but two years of doing this on the weekly, I mean, we've become really, really, really good buddies over the years, dude. Yeah. I appreciate all the work you put in. The show's awesome. Our guests are awesome. We've got up to a million members, at least. I think we're at at least 1.1 I mean, million 10 billion now. right now. Yeah, yeah at least 1.1. Yeah. 1. Uh, 1. I mean, Elon Musk is a member, I'm pretty sure. He never posts much, but he's in no, there. He's in there. Um, he's watching us. But we're having a ball. It's been so much fun. And, and yeah, let's fucking go, man.
0: It's our second anniversary show. Actually, I want to talk about the group a little bit before we talk of about, course. The, about the show. This is coming out after the bracket preview has come out, and I'm not even sure if it's gonna happen by the time the voting starts, but the music biopic bracket is going live by the time this episode airs. But like I said on last week's show, we have plenty of of all the usuals, but I did add a couple of non-true stories, just because I like the music biopic narrative you know and it's something to pull from and it's it's inspiring you know it shows the highs shows the lows and, and all those aspects i guess that's what i'm trying to hit on is huh. is the music industry itself is just it creates these stars yeah that don't have the spark but have the talent but don't have the spark.
1: My go-to for a good actor is saying they got chops. right Chops. Chops. <laughs> That's day one shit. Chops. If you've been a day one fan, you know what the hell I'm talking
0: yeah. about. Well, I mean, just in case they don't know, what you want to explain yeah. it to them?
1: Uh well, you know I feel like I know the X Factor. I right. know I know actors that are I mean, obviously top tier De Niro's and shit. And then there's some X Factor people. There's they they can be character actors, they can be side actors, they can be second tier actors. Right. But they just have that little spark. I don't know if it's either in their physical attributes. They just have a spark. You know, Donald Sutherland, I told you, in Clute just has that look, that spark. There's something about that motherfucker. I like looking at him playing a role, playing a character. He's believable. Ed Harris, yeah. that man, he has the effing spark, dude. Yeah. Okay, perfect examples of the actor who's really good actress but doesn't have the spark is um, Catwoman from Dark Knight.
0: Anne Hathaway? Anne Hathaway?
1: doesn't do it for me. I don't, she just doesn't have that, mm, that spark, that like, Oscar winning my ass. No way. OK, OK. I just don't, like, she's not believable to me. She's really good. But for me, I look at her and I'm like, no, nope, no spark. OK. You ain't no Kevin Costner in Dances with Wolves. Go away. <laughs> I'm kidding. But she's phenomenal. I do respect her. I think she is top tier. But for me, no. Interesting. How did the guy from um, Terminator that, that was also uh, in in the Zeus movie, what was his name? Sam Worthington. Sam Worthington. No spark. The biggest movie in the world, plus a Terminator. He was doing everything. He got an avatar, dude. <laughs> That's like... And I never got it. I was like, why? He has no spark. There is nothing about him that is like appealing to
0: me. He's Isn't not he? overly large. He's not overly buff. He's not overly... Handsome, he's just like. I thought the same way you did until I watched the movie Hacksaw Ridge.
1: He is good in that. And I, I was him. like, man, okay. But everyone's
0: good in that. And he has the potential to be like a, like a smoky Daniel Craig. Like a. Yes. Like there, he's been yeah. through some shit, like that thousand yard stare.
1: He's just the new Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe got, you know, a little bit bigger and he couldn't do the action roles. Okay. So this is the new Russell Crowe. And I'm like, but he's no Russell Crowe. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to tell me that Sam Worthington could nail the Maximus line?
0: No. Is Sam Worthington Australian?
1: Yes, they're both Aussies.
0: But there's another thing that he possesses that just a lot of people don't have, and it's just that motherfucking hustle. We talked about Anne Hathaway, <laughs> right? You know what she has? Hustle. She has that yeah. motherfucking yeah. hustle. Hey, she ch- says, I'm going to win a fucking Oscar. You know what the fuck she did? She won a motherfucking Oscar. She I mean, went from Princess, Princess Diaries. Diaries I know. To motherfucking Oscar gold. That's a motherfucking hustle. That, that, is, that is like the opposite of DiCaprio, where you just put in that talent Ooh. and expect the talent Ooh, to bring are, you the Oscar. Those
1: are harsh words, sir. You
0: know, and, they, and they'll just wait as long as they have to wait to get the Oscar. <sighs> oh. Why'd you
1: pick on Leo? At all the people in the world, between between Anne Hathaway, you went and attacked Leo, who fought and clawed and literally got attacked by a bear in his butt to get an Oscar.
0: He didn't literally get attacked by a bear, Riley. Well, he played it off pretty well, <laughs> enough to get an Oscar, sir.
1: Don't pick on Leo, Anne Hathaway. I, I you're right. I did. Hey, I, I never said she doesn't deserve her respect. I said she doesn't have that. Park. She doesn't. It's Leo cool. has more spark right. in his in his pinky toe.
0: Exactly. There's, no one's ever seen. So the Oscar should be a given. That Anne Way has in her entire being. But who won the Oscar first? For, this isn't a race. This this is, <laughs> this, is this is called quality you here. By the, no, I'm talking about that motherfucking hustle. Uh, no, the hustle's there. Yeah, she has to hustle because she's terrible. She has to. <laughs> but
1: that's one thing she understands. She has no spark. She's got the parts, but she has no spark. So it's like a really, really sexy muscle car, but with like a six-cylinder in it.
0: Okay, okay. Another example of a hustler. Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> I cannot. Marky Mark. I mean, you want to talk about a motherfucking hustler. Yeah, like man. This dude got his foot in the fucking door, dropping his pants, doing a fucking body roll.
1: I like Marky Mark came from a very Boston, hard-ass family. He's like, There's like seven brothers or some weird shit. He's like... So I mean, Boston, it's insane. He's like, he just walked around all jacked with a six-pack, like, mugging people. And people were like, but you're really good looking. You should probably be a model. And then CK, Calvin Klein, picked him up. And then all of a sudden, he's Mark Wahlberg. What a life.
0: Talk about hustle. But do you think he has the spark? Are you
1: kidding? How do you get, like, thrown in jail and they're like, yeah, but uh, you want a model for underwear?
0: He's got the spark. Okay. <laughs> like, come on, man. I disagree. I don't think he has a spark. Oh, really? I think he's just hustling. I think he just, I think he understands the Well, but that's the worth. thing is
1: you can have the spark and the, you can, Anne Hathaway has the talent, but right. no spark. Right. Marky Mark has the spark and no talent at all. He's just like, he just had really good abs. But what's the spark? It's being Marky, his name's Marky Mark, bro. His name was Marky Mark before Mark Wahlberg.
0: I think you're getting caught up in the in the hustle, dude. In the hype. Yeah, I, I don't think he has the spark, dude. I, like like literally any role that he's ever taken.
1: Uh, okay. First
0: of all, anybody could play it.
1: No, Boogie Nights. Yes, anybody it. could have fucking played no. that No,
0: no, that was my first example of anybody could play Dirk
1: Perfect no. cast. No,
0: a young guy with with uh, absolute crazy abs. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg hey, is a I'm good actor. He's not a terrible actor.
1: Tickler. You think he's a terrible actor?
0: Terrible. Like on the level of who?
1: Give me another mainstream actor. to you say that? Yeah, they're on the same tier.
0: You're getting you're getting torqued right now, and and so I don't want to give you my answer <laughs> to think that you're gonna be gonna be even more upset. I'm not gonna get upset. But the level of actor that I think Mark Wahlberg is is Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh, oh my god. That's that's who he's competing with in the acting arena. Man.
1: No, he's done a lot more dramatic roles, especially <laughs> early on.
0: I'm not talking about the opportunities. I'm talking about the talent.
1: Oh, you're talking. Rock's like tier five, and and Marky's like tier three. Five's the bottom. The Rock is not even a good actor. I mean, acting, chops, dramatic roles, changing your entire psyche, your body, whatever,
0: way out of the. Top, bottom. Tell me a role that Marky Mark stepped outside of his rugged Boston ways. Why'd Just, you have to say rugged Boston? Because ways. that's what you started with. Was he's a real ass um, cat? He's a real ass cat from Boston. He'll fight anybody.
1: But he got into. He's a good comedic and dramatic actor, and he does that. You are
0: so caught up with this dude.
1: I put him in tears, and I think he's three out of five. Okay. You think he's five out of five?
0: If five being the lowest. Yes. Of your your yeah, of tier your one thing.
1: is Leo. How down. dare you talk about him that way?
0: <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree that Leo has the spark. I mean, it's undeniable.
1: Well, that's the thing. Is like I, some actors have the spark, but don't have the talent. And then some, I think Mark has to have the spark because he's not, you're right. He's not a very good dramatic actor, <laughs> but he has something yeah. that keeps me entertained.
0: Right. I mean, because he's he's that rugged dude from Boston. Yeah. he's that he rugged, good shit.
1: And he don't loves life. his mother.
0: Right, yeah. Rest in peace. He just passed away. It's like you're watching a trailer, like the first 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, what is this? And, then, and then it like faded into like Mark Wahlberg's face. I'd be like, <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be like,
1: 57 year old Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, he's just, looking a little old. He's looking a little different.
0: Like, let me guess Mark Wahlberg saves the day. So, so then I run in there and I, and yeah, I fucking oh, and I beat this guy.
1: That's a really good Wahlberg. You, know, you like, you I like, I like run, that way. I run in there. there. I, in I in beat there. this guy. <laughs> that's really good. All right, so my favorite two top, I mean, obviously, Boogie Nights, and Fear. He's really good in Fear. He was young in Fear. De Niro was young in Raging Bull and Taxi Driver. He was, he was drivers, young so in Mean <laughs> Streets. Come on. Come on, Jolly. I mean,
0: they all suck at the end.
1: Yeah. Other than Brando.
0: <laughs> I think Daniel Day-Lewis would probably be the best example of, like, somebody who can... Oh, who that. can who can still be a great actor across generations? Three time Oscar winner, and I've only done about nine movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I every other six years. Yeah,
1: that's tier one, cream fresh. Oh yeah. You know, there's there's tier ones, but there's also the tier ones that are like, ah, you yeah. know, Daniel Day. This could be
0: a new a new thing for our, our third season. See the tiers? Like,
1: where's John Travolta? Like, Quick reaction, John so Travolta. It's
0: five tiers. Yep, acting,
1: acting well spark everything what do you think
0: oh so it's an overall
1: it's an overall mainly acting though i think we need to work out the spark it's their presence and their acting because there's actors that have so much presence but they're they're their short-lived parts but their presence and their spark is something that is in there okay so and they deserve more credit than you know they don't get big roles but man they come in they hit they're out they're memorable
0: okay um, you know what I'm saying? I do. Uh, what do you say we What do you say we start this as a new gimmick for the show? Yeah. If we If we go deep onto a certain performer or a certain filmmaker, we automatically tier them. Oh, that would be great. Like we'd be like, "What we've talked enough about it? What's the tier?" Um, I'd say Travolta altogether. He's a tier one
2: top
1: dog actor. Spark, charisma, yeah. acting. Okay. Role selection. Think about it. I mean, it's the first tier is 80 to 100. They're elite. Okay. You know, they're Travolta's not elite. He's not elite. I would expect three or is, four. Well, hold on. Know. Hold on.
0: Is Brando elite? Absolutely. Then Travolta's elite. Unless we change our opinion about Brando. Uh, he's so squirrely. Some actors
1: they they get they go so, off the so, rails. So just there uh, how about this? We choose what we think is their prime role. Their one role that is the most encompassing of their acting ability and we tier that. Their meat and potatoes role.
0: I'd be down to use it as like Bruce Willis is tier 2. And this is a great example of my argument. Yes.
1: But you have to have one pick that you that you,
0: backs up your statement. You disagree
1: tier two. Mm-hmm. I say watch this movie. Yep. his prime. This is the best he can do or she. But you have to have one example. That's your hill that you're fucking battling on. Okay, you're throwing nades off that hill. That's my Hacksaw Ridge. Yes. Yeah. So,
0: that's but you right. have
1: to have the one
0: pick. So you got to take all of Travolta's hits. Look who's talking. Sorry, not mm-hmm. fever grease. But then, that, <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's insane that you would uh, face off. Broken Arrow? I mean, these are all... But but
1: this isn't about their hits. This is about acting. This is the real shit's acting Well, then Travolta
0: makes it in. Damn.
1: He makes it in, but he's not... He's a
0: tier four. I give you four. Tier two, yes. But you can't justify tier one with John Travolta? I
1: I just don't think he deserves statues, no.
0: But but Brando makes it in. Come on in, buddy.
1: I don't say that because I don't know enough about Brando. Right. But a lot of people would. A lot of people think he's one of the best to ever live.
0: All right. Uh, Sean Connery,
1: absolutely not tier tier one. Okay, he's, no, he plays the same role. Throw in the big dogs, man. Christian Bale, like, there's no question that Christian Bale is way better an actor than John Travolta. I disagree. A whole tier better.
0: Like method acting is like it, the best. Maybe form not of
1: method. Acting. John Travolta is great, but he's just not. That. holy shit De Niro I gotta
0: watch this movie it's starring John Travolta <laughs> that's funny because a lot of people have said that over the well, years well
1: he's a box office hit of course he makes the money and why is that because he's he's John motherfucking
0: Travolta dude
1: this would be amazing this is a great concept but it has to be you know some rules but see the conundrums to me are the you know the ones that have the spark and and don't talent or the ones that have the talent no spark you know? That's where I'm going. Oh my God!
0: He has more of one than the other. <laughs> <laughs> hey. um, but yeah, so I'm I'm excited to see who wins this bracket. Uh, and Brian, you want to call it from right now? Do you think, <laughs> call I mean, it from
1: now? Just shot in the dark. Uh, I mean, we got Bohemian City, We got Ray. We got Selena. You know, Texas boy and you know a, a, a local DFW group. Yeah, I have a lot of love for Selena, man. Yeah. You know, J Lo was great in that role. She it was. was a very early J Lo. Man, dude, The Cell it's almost nice. made my top 20. She is a good actress, I think. She all has right. done some absolute garbage and she does all those run of the mills now. But her early career was very well done. Okay, okay. Hate to say, just like Mark Wahlberg. Okay. She surprised me in well, The Cell. And, and I think as Selena, it's a storyline, it is what it is. But she was good in the role because she was young and we didn't know who she was. So but Selena hey, was what about U Turn?
2: Woo!
0: I love U-Turn. Dude. I I love that.
1: U-Turn's probably in my top 50.
0: Really? Yes. I thought it was... Sean Penn? uh...
1: Quirky, weird, I hate to say... Hold on, this is going to be off the record, but the J-Lo sexy in that thing? You know. Rewind, play. Rewind, play.
0: I was really big on Claire Danes back in the day, and so, really... Leonidas never did it for me. Interesting. Okay. Well, so Romeo so, and Juliet. So skinny white women, you're just not a big no, fan of. Nope. <laughs> no. I don't like them. So if they have a like an A cup, you're like out. Get fuck out. Em, fuck them. Who are you? <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> but Amy Adams, she's a little stumpy thing with. Oh, with,
1: with, now we with, talking. With, does that affect the tear? Uh, no, absolutely not. It's this funny. is called acting, sir. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> it has to be all-encompassing. Like I said, their entire career. I think you should aim for their wheelhouse. And her wheelhouse, to, to me, is the cell, yeah. Selena, and U-turn. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we are getting so off track here. It's, it's going to be a fun one because I feel like our group. There's a lot of <laughs> what was
0: that? That was a burp, you oh, Yeah, but it was a good one. It was like one of those like unexpected. Like ones. I was waiting for that one to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it was like. <laughs>
1: Um, there's a lot of music fans, I feel like, in our group, so right. I feel like, uh, it'll be a fun one, there'll be plenty of votes, it'll be interesting.
0: And this will actually take the 12th spot in the Bracket of Champions, meaning, that after this, we have four more brackets, and then it's the Bracket of Champions Part 2. Oh no! Where all the last 16, 16. champions are gonna go head to head with no context. Sixteen the magic number. Just sixteen champions going head wow. to head to see who the second ultimate bracket champion is. It, it's it's taken us two and a half years to get here.
1: Dude, what if we what if we go till the end of time? And there's a
0: <laughs> Well, that's kind of the joke sometimes. Yeah. Is, and there's uh, a
1: bracket wait, hold on. What would you even call it? Hold on. The bracket of champions, bracket of champions? The ultimate, we have
0: sixteen bracket of champions. The turbo ultimate bracket turbo of
1: ultimate ten thousand. <laughs>
0: And it'd be like We're like 82 years
1: old. And like we're just And Charlie kicks the bucket and I'm like, I have to finish I have to do graphic design. That's right. And I'm just on my deathbed and I I click that fucking button. Or I probably have to click a button by then. I just I just hit my forehead or something, my temple, and
0: it's gonna be way easier.
1: Yeah. I hope. The mega 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 bracket of champion. Bracket
0: champion. I wonder who that would be. Bro. It's gonna be something so (laughs) dumb. Like Bill and Ted. Yeah, just excellent Bill adventure. and Ted. God damn it. Like we did all that work. All that work. <laughs> Anyways. But yeah, so we got the bracket going on. Uh, as far as the uh, live stream goes, that's full force ahead. Like I said on the on the, the last live stream I had, it's really about people, guys. We just got to get the people lined up. Um, and just and that's why I'm making it a monthly thing, giving people plenty of time to set aside this time. Because I am, I'm asking for about three hours from everybody. You know, and so it's it's a big time commitment. I know that, um, but uh, but yeah, that's that's really the only factor left that I see, uh, besides the usual bugs that come with live streaming. I'm really trying to ramp up this content, guys. I really want the real shit to be something cool, man. Something like 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 a place where you can you know give reviews and it not be attacked.
1: Yeah. But it just to be absorbed. You know what was cool is I saw uh, Ryan Crosley in my place of work, Silverleaf, last week. And I pointed out to him, I liked his his recommendation of the, the, uh, I think he wanted to focus on Korean film. Yeah. Or horrors or whatever. Right. But he just shouted out a recommendation. Yeah. And it it sparked a conversation. I'm like, we need more of those. Yeah. We need more of those. Hey, man, I want to watch like, because now I'm going back into my psycho years part two looking for recommendations
0: you know i'm watching
1: clute in manhattan and being all like man i just want to watch black and white smoke cigarettes sit in a dark room with a (sighs) shitty little 22-inch tv that's right and like just chain smoke and watch the worst audio wearing sunglasses no 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 sound (laughs) bar yeah just watch an old
0: movie and fall back in love with cinema Man, we've only done an hour. It's crazy. I know we've been going off on tangents here, man.
1: That's what we. That's what I'm here to do.
0: Yeah, that's that's it's kind of the whole milieu of this episode. No. But uh, I did kind of want to go over the history of the show of the last season so far. You know, especially some of the guests we've been able to get. Oh, dude. Over the last season. I mean, I guess the biggest get was our homeboy Malden. Yeah. Coming through. With uh, John Mabry, the man who says "poos," man we
1: ha- we we have he's a Super Hollywood ben.
0: actor on our, our, our podcast. Yeah, um, with with
1: another great message too. Man, talk about yeah. Malden was one of our top listeners. On top of bringing in a, a true Hollywood star, so and Malden Malden's on the list. He's 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 very close, guys. If you're a Malden fan, yes, uh, he is. He's uh, very much a friend of the show. Very much a friend, and we appreciate him. Shout out.
0: <laughs> but 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 one thing that Malden does not have though, is a three timer badge. He's about uh, to. But a matter of fact, uh, there's there's now four members, of the three timers club. Woohoo! Uh, do you remember who they are?
1: I think I do. I think it's Andrew Boat. Yes. Matthew Teeter. Yes. Matthew Smith. Yes. And Andrew Edwards.
0: Yes. All four. It, it's crazy that we have enough content to have. Multiple people make three appearances. Yeah, that's, that's,
1: that's, cool. that's so, dude, there's so much. Those are our boys. They always interact, and that's the only reason I'm here. I'm, man. am so grateful because, for them. Yeah, yeah dude. Uh, like I said, we've grown so much closer over the last two years, but to grow together, though, you know, because you said Absolutely. you started this with, with a couple dozen, three dozen people. Yeah. You had a thousand people. Do all of them interact all the time? No, but we have created a, you know, you mainly uh, have started such a, Cool little group that's true movie buffs, man. Good. Some of the best memes. I'm gonna try to push this year to get way more interaction. Like, like, uh, like I said, like Crosley said. Like, I want a recommendation. Ask questions. Yeah, I want questions, guys. I want this to be the trivia year of, of Spitting the Real Shit. That's what we're gonna. We're going to try to introduce, or you're going to introduce, I know. and I, I'm full of useless knowledge.
0: But yeah, I mean, but but all the guests we've had. I mean, we had uh, we had Nicole on again. We talked about The Room. Oh, yeah. You know, um, that's a
1: fun episode,
0: man. Loved it. Loved uh, it. A um, terrible
1: movie that's so bad, it's good.
0: Yeah. Uh, we actually started off this season with a Stepping into the Cage episode, which has become one of the mainstays oh. of this, of our podcast. We've We've done four in this season. We've covered a lot of Nicholas Cage. Plus, you know, Nicholas Cage got a great renaissance this past twelve months. I'm so grateful for the people that took the time to, you know, be part of our podcast. Uh, some of the new guests, like we finally had Jeff Klein on, uh, after years of being a, a member of the group. You know, we had uh, we had Wendy on, a brand new guest. We had Gordon talk about uh, Rumble in the Bronx. Oh yeah! In the last twelve months, I've, I've gotten back into wrestling. Uh, we were able to have a wrestling episode. Uh, we we took a couple of chances with double features like mm-hmm. uh, the dog who double feature <laughs> uh, which by the way is a very very listened to episode man you way. know everybody loves dogs not surprised we also did our fear four for the first time oh yes which oh, was last october fear to the fourth power Fear to the fourth power we committed a whole month <laughs> we We're,
1: couldn't figure out a great name but fear four is great i think it's awesome i think it's great i don't know yeah. how you came up with it but i we brainstormed <laughs> for like Two
0: months. Yeah, Halloween. <laughs> Halloween. Whatever. Like yeah.
1: Nightmare on Real Street. No, that's lame. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. More original. More original. Fear Four was great, dude. <sighs> you're more yeah, so, creative than me, though. that You got. You have all the great ideas.
0: No, but it was your idea to do the Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Thing. I just gave it a name. You know, but I mean,
1: I know you're a big horror fan. I'm a huge horror fan. Uh, Last year's, uh, you know, Halloween Kills
0: was was fun, man.
1: We were there, we were having fun.
0: It's uh, I did want to talk about that. I think we kind of learned our lesson with Halloween Kills. Well, we, uh, you know, we know not to schedule something right before Halloween. It, it, On the it, Saturday before Halloween, people might have plans.
1: It's a busy weekend, <laughs> it is, you know. It is, it's you know, you know. I, it'd be cool to do it maybe mid-month, but also just get more of a following and, and get commits because. Yeah. At the time theaters were still coming right back from yeah. from uh, the yeah. biggest dip in history. They weren't just renting out theaters you know for willy-nilly like they were no it
0: was an investment we had to make dude. you know it was an attempt for us to go into business for ourselves huh. and we just picked the wrong day. but you <laughs> know what I'm, I'm so grateful for the ones that did show up and, I, and 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 so much so like like even the first live episode mm-hmm. I, mean, I can still name everybody that took the time to do this. You oh know, yeah, that showed up. I mean, it was like a dozen and, and people. And
1: we started this in the very beginnings of COVID. Yeah. So this
0: is the baby years.
1: I know for a fact we're gonna have some live events that yeah. fifty to one hundred people show up to. You know, like hopefully. we're gonna get there. Yeah. No, I, I guarantee it because the, spark, well, we the baby. spark, baby. Hey, um,
0: Mark Warburg. Mark Warburg's at the top of
1: the list, baby. He's a billionaire. Tier one, the, baby.
0: Because of the spark. Expect us to keep trying, man. Like we did. We took an L on the on the Halloween Kills episode. Yeah, yeah,
1: but you, you got to take the L's. you know you know we're still new
0: i mean but yeah but like uh like i remember in halloween kills uh, like whitney blake dean showed up mm-hmm. you know um uh, Mander's showed up yeah. she's like, i love manders yeah um uh, i remember that couple came in just uh-huh. just randomly just, i think they were sneaking into a movie yeah we're like
1: come on in like, we got, we got yeah. plenty of room mm-hmm. <laughs> you know
0: and it's, it's 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 those moments that you don't get you know like you missed out on but we got to see them. oh
1: yeah but I'm also a social being. I want to see you. I want to hang out with you yeah. and and just to be around the people that I know love movies and and support us. It's so cool.
0: And so the live episodes like it was very sparse this yeah. last year. Yeah. And you know, it's just because it was on our own. You yeah. know, uh, The the last last couple live episodes we had we had somebody that working at the theater to kind of help us out, uh, especially the the Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah. That was a yeah. Yeah, it was great turnout. Great turnout. And so then for Halloween Kills to be like so small. Yeah. Like it was like I, I thought we had the trend, but we we just didn't we just didn't do it enough times to to generate it.
1: You know. Yeah, that's that's part of the game. I mean, it's it's it, tough. It, it's
0: tough. I, it's I, way tougher kinda, than we
1: thought. Yeah. It was well, to be, that you know? was my first kind of take the torch, and I'm like, you know? damn. I want to take the hits early though, because I I don't give up. I'm like, dude, we're still gonna. We've had good events, then you know, maybe not all of them hit, but just timing is everything. I I learned that timing is everything.
0: I just want to say one thing before we move on to our eleven through (laughs) twenty. I was super proud of Halloween Kills. We had an idea. Yeah. We wanted to do something. We saw the opportunity to be able to do it. We saw the roadblocks ahead of us and the risk that was going to be taken if we did it and we still did it and we saw it through to the very fucking end and nobody can ever take that away from us like for real we 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 spent that money we promoted the shit out of it it didn't work out but you know what we didn't fucking pussy out we didn't out. be like we're going to cancel it no, because of love, no, whatever i don't fuck up we saw it all the way through you know dude i'm i'm, I'm you know i'm ready to fucking roll and so but yeah so if we're going to have one kind of consistent thing on this show we had one segment we knew we were going to do on this show and that was divulge our top 11 through 20 films of all time. And I still submit that the 11 through 20 spots are some of the most endearing spots, like the ones that, that fill the gaps of those 10, You know, to where you, you get kind of more of an explanation of you, the person in the 11 through 20, to where if one through 10 is greatness, 11 through 20 is like personal. You but know.
1: even though like, I still had a really hard time filling these holes, man. Yeah.
0: Oh, I, me too. I feel like
1: my 30 through 50 really explains me as a human. Because you you just said a statement that scares the shit out of me with what I'm t- about to tell you, because I'm still a film bro and there's a lot of film bro films. Dude, you know, so I feel like there was some I was tearing with with actual emotion and different and not run of the mill. But I was like, no, I, I, I love so many staples. There's only a couple surprises. Yeah. But hey, I knew I was going to get mainstream and you
0: were going to get weird. Dude, uh, you'd be surprised. Dude. Oh, um, okay, okay. It's really hard to be endearing whenever it's a badly made film. <laughs> you know? Exactly. If it's low budget or whatever. like That's the reason why movies are good because yeah. they have plenty of money behind them. Anyways, so I'm doing my 20, then you're doing your 20, and then I'm doing my 19. Correct? Yeah, yeah okay, yes. That's yes, the way it's yes, going? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So my number 20 is the movie Casino. Martin Scorsese's greatest gangster film, in my opinion. I've always had an affinity for gangster films, but they're not at the forefront of my movie love. Like, I I find them to be a great justification of great films, but not something that I can watch all the time and not something that, you know, you got to be in a mood or or whatever. You can't just pop it in. It's a journey you're taking with these people, you know? It's the story of the bad guy. I think the best story of the bad guy, in my opinion, is Casino. It was basically, I guess, Scorsese's third try of this type of film. He had done Mean Streets, then he had done Goodfellas, and now he has all that in his arsenal. Like He's lived and he's learned. And he's like, I'm gonna make the ultimate fucking game. It's gonna be three hours fucking long. It's gonna take place in Vegas. It's gonna have Pesci and De Niro. I'm gonna bring in that new chick, Sharon Stone. And they're all gonna fucking kill it. And I'm gonna put some Rolling Stones in there. And I'm gonna have the narrative just like Goodfellas. It's incredible.
1: I completely agree. Good Lord, he had the production value. Mm -hmm. I mean, his suits, the cars, the casinos.
0: Scorsese had the experience now. He knew exactly what kind of film he was gonna make. Like with Goodfellas, I think he was still experimenting.
1: I love James Wood as the, the, the sleazy <sighs> James motherfucker. Woods he's so good in that.
0: James Woods. I know. He's don't even so get good that. James Woods. Uh, he's tier one, in my opinion. I, I had to give Scorsese a nod. I had to give the gangster movie a nod. And in my opinion, Casino is the best example. So what about your number 20, Ryland? Man, my number
1: 20, dude, I'm hitting hard with the... Starring at Harris. 1989 film, The Abyss. No shit. My first James Cameron. OK. I mean, he is one of my favorite uh, directors of all time. But it, it had everything. I, I love, obviously, James Cameron as a director. It was an underwater movie I've always loved. OK. Anything underwater, anything dealing with water, anything under the sea, Jaws, boats, okay, that kind of stuff. And this was groundbreaking. I mean, he was doing some things that were sick at the time. the only, because uh, it gets really weird at the end with the aliens. He
0: does. So, <laughs> So Are we talking the director's cut. Are we yes, talking the theatrical. Yes. Well,
1: either way. Okay. Either way, because the storyline is very based on people. The technology was cool as hell. So you could breathe that liquid, and like, I don't know. I mean, I've seen some clips of how they did that movie-wise, but it's James Cameron. He's top-notch, always on the edge of everything. And I saw it as a young kid, and I was just like, wow. That's why he did T2. Is the first time you saw that liquid. CGI was an abyss, and it was. Because they had the capabilities. Yeah, they had the yeah. capabilities, but it was just not well done. At the end, I thought his
0: his his third act
1: of that movie was a failure.
0: We well, you know there's a lot of there's a lot of onset stories that you can read about or hear about on the internet about the abyss. Yeah. You know, but James Cameron has that style of directing, which mm-hmm. is so rare because you can't really back it up a whole lot of times. But it's one of those where he steps on the set and he says, "This is my movie." Like, I know exactly what the fuck I want. I just need you guys to help me do it. Like, if you got any input, keep it to your fucking self. Because I already know what the fuck I'm doing. All right? He is a dick. You're right. right. There's a lot of those moments yeah. that people talk about where where James Cameron was just so rock steady on his, like, opinions. To where somebody would come with something, like a complaint or something. He's like, he's like, what the fuck are you talking to me for?
2: Yeah.
0: Oh. Well, like, we're making a fucking movie. I guarantee Ed Harris didn't take a fucking... Second a lick, dude. He he got in that fucking helmet. I mean, which I heard stories about that. Which Ed Harris like
1: was like, I don't like this.
0: Like he almost like died, like during take. But he didn't. He
1: didn't back down because he's Ed fucking he Harris. Yeah, like, is my job.
0: Yeah. But going forward, like, just think about James Cameron in that light. Yeah. With his movies, but but I mean, but it, it can be viewed as something inspiring, as somebody who it does know exactly what they want. But again, like it's risky because if you if you do that and you fail you get shit on real
1: hard. The gurus of directors, you can get away with it. Right. And I don't like that, I, I'm, I'm more of a cohesive guy. I want, I want right. the best movies to me are, are directors and actors that are on the same page, know what each other want. Right. You get some good directing out of James Cameron movies, but not the best, I mean, you yeah, don't see- yet.
0: Abyss goes. is in his top 20. <laughs> Anyways. Um,
1: at the time, when I first saw dude. it, movies I grew up with that I adored, and I thought at the time, groundbreaking but, man, this one is the one that I gravitated towards because I loved underwater shit.
0: Dude. And I love Ed Harris. He's amazing. <laughs> all right, is you ready to go to 19? Let's go. It's your turn. All right, so number 19 for me, I had to give the Coen brothers a nod. They're some of my favorite filmmakers. There's not a single Coen brothers movie on my top 10, but I know they're an exquisite filmmakers. I love all their movies, but there's one that really takes the cake, and it's one that not a whole lot of people have seen, but it has been lauded and just loved by the critics, loved by me. It was nominated for Best Picture the year it came out. It's a movie called A Serious Man. It is a masterpiece. It was one of the first movies that really made me think. And this movie came out in 2010. It's such a low-key film. It's about this about this Jewish family who just live in 1960s America. And it's, it's not, you know, racially biased or anything. It's just, it's just the story of this guy and just some of the things that are happening to him in this part of his life. Well, there's a lot of, of Jewish, um, I guess, vernacular that mm-hmm. you need to know. Yeah. Well, not need to know, but, you know, it would be helpful you know, for you to know before you watch the movie. There's parallels to, like, the book of Job, somebody who has faith, you know, but everything is shitting on him at the time. And how, how hard do you keep your faith? And it's a lot of that in the movie. Like, I was just thinking about the movie for, like, a week.
1: Wow. And I was
0: just like, what? Like
1: That's what they do. They're masters at script. Mm-hmm. They're amazing.
0: And so I've watched the movie about four times. Wow. And I still really don't understand it. <laughs> like, it's, it's. I think I have it interpreted properly, but I don't really know. Number 19, Cemented, A Serious Man, Cohen Brothers film. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it.
1: A Mindbender. Oh, yes, sir. Number 19. All right, man. Well, you know, this isn't a mind-bender. This is fucking Batman 89, bitch. (laughs) I'm Batman. Yeah.
0: And then he punches that guy.
1: It's got Jack Nicholson in it, motherfucker. (laughs) Real quick with this one, because we know. Tim Burton, first introduction to him. 89 was the year that I remember the most about movies. I went to Batman and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade at the movie theaters. Wow. Blew my mind. Michael Keaton's the best Batman of all time. That's it. To short and sweet? Dude, I mean, what do we got to talk about? Is it literally just the... Experience and and the, the love. We wouldn't have Batman if it wasn't for this guy. Right. It went from campy, campy shit that my generation... We knew Batman, but we didn't know him like this.
0: Right. Okay, so I guess my argument is, like, the movie could have been anything with Batman in it.
1: No, it is pretty epic, dude. No one knew who Tim Burton was before this. Right. I mean, is he not one of the biggest directors of all time? His own actual stylistic directing styles of all fucking time Very if not signature. the most.
0: So signature. Pretty cool. Yeah.
1: And he decided his first journey into directing was a Batman movie?
0: It should have been a kid's movie, uh, right? Uh, it was. I mean, it was a kid's movie. It was Pee-Wee's Big Adventure. But I'm saying his main... Like his, the one that put him on the map? W- yes. yes.
1: Yes. He really took a, a risk here to make a Batman movie. Right. And he did it to me, very stylistic and very cool okay. and gritty and dark and.
0: I'm, I'm just making sure that you're not just Batman on the big screen.
1: No, no, no. All right, cool. It being a Tim Burton film makes it exponentially cooler. Okay. Are you kidding me? Like, just making sure. That's why, as a kid, I was like, "This is weird." <laughs> yeah. And also dark and cool and. Really? I, I I respect
0: that man a lot. I mean. We'll have to do a Tim Burton movie. Uh, anyways. You ready for my 18? Number 18. I gotta go. With Mel Gibson's Apocalypto, it floored me, dude. Like, really? It was some of the realest shit I've ever seen in my life, you know. And 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 then knowing that it's coming from like an Australian man who lives in L.A. wrote and created this whole thing that has nothing to do with anything. It's just a story about the Mayan rise. The people got slaughtered because of it, and that's their apocalypse. You know, that's their version of it. And just this journey that they take, and just Mel Gibson's grandeur. I mean, you can say whatever the fuck you want about Mel Gibson, but my God, he can make a fucking movie. Incredible filmmaker. He's a better filmmaker than an actor, in my opinion. And then one of the first movies I ever saw in theaters was uh, Man Without a Face, which was Mel Gibson's directorial debut. Remember Forever Young? Love, love Forever Young. <laughs> you don't like it? No, I love it, but nobody remembers that movie. <laughs> No yeah, one. I saw it in theaters, yeah.
1: No one ever remembers that move. That's the running joke I have with people I work with. I go, I can't even say it with a straight face. Have, have you ever seen the movie Forever Young? And I even say, with Mel Gibson? And they go, no. Interesting.
0: 99.9% of the time. Apocalypto, it just, it checked all the boxes for being like a real, just right. well-made, you know, encapsulating movie. And it told a great story—the hunting, the reality, the the you know the costumes, the the makeup, the indigenous look of the whole thing—and how Mel Gibson was able to bring all that together. I'm so impressed with it, and it most definitely hits my top twenty at number eighteen.
1: I might surprise you with eighteen. Okay, nineteen seventy-three is The Sting. The sting fucks. dude. The
0: Sting. fucks. But like, but like, The Sting is like a recent viewing. It's a very recent viewing, and it 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 shot. skyrocketed. You're right, all the way in your top twenty. All the way,
1: I dude. Robert Redford and Paul Newman are like just fucking gold, dude. They're like Pesci and De Niro, dude. They're just you put them in a movie. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. George Roy Hill directed this film, and he also did '77 Slapshot, dude, which I love. (laughs) And I'm not surprised because great director. The music in this film it's it's set in the you know it's a time period piece. Hey, the entertainer. You know, the, uh, a lot of uh, jazz uh, music, uh, a lot of that kind of stuff. I mean, it's uh,
0: just... Uh,
1: and, I, and I saw it for the first time this year. As, like I said, I'm back in the game. It's Ocean's Eleven, but back in the day. So good. You know, like, it, they're, they're conning. They're trying to get this big bust. It's such a cool web of characters. Yeah. And and Newman and, and Redford, dude, I don't think... I, dude, there's not too many actors that put two in one film and they're just that fucking good together. Yeah, they just... They just Name you know,
0: one. I loved it, man. I had so much fun with that film. The rewatchability is through the fucking roof, dude. Ready for my number 17? Right in the middle. Let's go. Here we go. I feel like I shouldn't have it on here, but it's undeniable. And it is Big Trouble in Little China. Yes! The, the John Carpenter classic. It's the movie that got me into John Carpenter. Helped me appreciate the signature filmmaker that John Carpenter is and I know that John Carpenter has made better films but like you said with The Abyss it was your introduction to Cameron yep that was my introduction to Carpenter and so I was thinking about other Carpenter films and I was like no that one doesn't hit me the way The Big Trouble does like this one doesn't that well, I gotta, one does well, I gotta throw Jack Burton in and just out cool the fuck out of me right now <laughs> huh I mean, he was definitely one of the coolest I mean, cats. I love that movie so much, dude. Big Trouble in Little China. It it was in my brain. I thought I was like being cultural, yeah, yeah. you know, because it was like there's Chinese. And it's so wacky lore at there. times
1: and weird and, and mystic and Kurt Russell at the time. I mean, like the superhero to me. Like, yeah, and he was like a Han Solo. Yeah, kind he's of a Han Solo. He is Han Solo, but he just drives <laughs> trucks. I and then he has to fight, you know, uh, the, the Raiden and the, and the electric guy and the guy that blows up into a balloon. David Lopez. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I
0: mean, come on, man. The guy that literally blew himself up. Yeah. Was
1: the coolest thing I ever saw in my with, life.
0: With light coming out of yeah. his mouth. And we had a whole collection of movies. We knew that like my dad would really enjoy watching mm, Big Trouble. Yeah. So it was like an excuse to watch a good movie that my dad was cool with. But yeah, number 17, Big Trouble Little China. I know it's uh, the low-key Carpenter. I know it's probably second tier in other people's opinions. Never. But, I mean, compared to Starman and Halloween, I mean, know, I don't I know, I know. It, yeah, you're right. It definitely has a special place in my heart, and it definitely makes it my top 20. All right, number 17. Someone else to look up to is Gladiator 2000. Maximus.
1: Oh, Maximus Demilus Morbidius. What's his name? Um, I know it's so film, bro, but you know who I am? Yeah. You know, this was 2000. This was everything to me. I love mythology. I love history. This was my introduction to Joaquin Phoenix, Okay. who at the time, I was like, he's weird. I don't like him. You know, in the role, he's creepy, but he plays the creep well. Am I not merciful? But he's so good at the role that I didn't appreciate at the time. I was like, He's not acting right. Then I look back at it. I'm like, oh my god, he's acting perfectly because he's Joaquin Phoenix and he's the man. But also Hans Zimmer score. <laughs> there you go. Come on, the pacing is insane. I gotta throw out Rolf Moeller, the big guy, the muscular guy. He's been in a lot yeah, of I things. Am. He's he's a, he's like an Arnold Schwarzenegger. What do you think of that? Yes. Head uh, fuck. Head
0: fuck. <laughs> no, it won Best Picture. I mean, the Best Picture, won 2000, Best Actor. Two thousand. I mean, it's got a lot of weight to it. Number 16. Let's go. Rounding out the bottom five, I have to go with the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, yeah. What a cult following. It is a movie that, first time I watched it, it was at my uncle's house. My, my uncle's, like, I credit my uncle for, like, showing me a lot of, like, the arts and, yeah. and, 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 and showing me the separation between what is art and what is content, you know? Absolutely. And the Horsey thinking. You know, and so, and so like he, he showed me like beautiful things that can be created, and so I really trusted him with his choices to show me, you know, whatever it is he wanted to show me, and whether it be music. There was a lot of music. Like he he bought the BMG subscription service where he bought CDs. Oh yeah, yeah. Every month, and so he just had a, a just a library of music.
2: Yeah.
0: At my fingertips, I could just watch anything. Oh wow. You know, it was just really fucking cool. I would beg my parents. I was like, can I go? To my Uncle Danny's house. Yeah. You know, like like dad's brother or mom's brother? My dad's brother. Oh, cool. You know, it was a way for me to like kind of learn and yeah. culture myself. And like my uncle wasn't in front of the TV all day. Like my dad was. Yeah. So it was like, hey, dad, tell me more about, you know, you know, he's like, he's like, fuck off, kid. I've had a work week, you know. <laughs> but my uncle was down to like teach me. That's cool. I mad proud of my Uncle Danny. My parents asked a favor of my uncle to watch me this day. And, but he, he already had something going on. Like, he had some kind of phone call, like, for work or whatever. So he picked me up. He brought me back to his house. He goes, here, watch this. Put on Rocky Horror. Because I think the brand new, like, the 25th anniversary or whatever it was. Here, the, just
1: watch this little boy, rockery, Rocky
0: Horror. Yeah. And then he went and, like, did his phone call or whatever. Was, I must have been... 11 yeah you know and just hearing the first song the David janet and just like i'm I'm in you know the double feature picture show song for the credits i was like these songs are fucking bangers absolutely the message and tim curry's performance all of it together is just so good it was compelling you can watch it over and over again you can watch it with friends you can watch it alone you know you you can still get that great movie feel and i've watched it in a theater with the full mm-hmm. force, you know yeah. the the toilet paper yep. experience. I didn't appreciate it until I saw it live in a theater. Yeah, I immediately got it. Yeah. I immediately got the the whole thing. You know, going to go into a bunch of freaks and then you know, yeah. the next song and the next song and the next song. Like I totally got it. And he actually had the Rocky Horror uh, soundtrack. Oh, that's on awesome! CD. And so every time we, I got into his car, I was like you got that Rocky Horror, <laughs> and we would just we would just listen to the soundtrack. And it was, it was one of those that, that that showed a whole new subsect of cinema. Oh, yeah. That I didn't even know about. You know, that, that, you know, there's inspirations. I caught the parallels of, like, Frankenstein. Like, all these things that were just kind of glommed together. And I was like, what a great little hodgepodge. And then over time, you start to respect it even more. And just Rocky Horror, the mantra, don't dream it, be it. That's really all I can say about Rocky Horror. Right, what about yours number 16, Man, right? you're so
1: much cooler than me, dude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't have to talk much about JP93.
1: <laughs> Is that Jurassic Park number 16? Yeah, bro. Dude, I mean, I don't blame you. You know, I'm a Spielberg guy. We've talked about it. I mean, it's it's such an epic theater moment, so it's a quick one. Let's yeah. go to
0: yours. So to keep the train moving, getting into the top half of the 11 through <laughs> 15, we'll start with 15. So my number fifteen is uh, kind of a newer film. Again, it's The Social Network.
2: Oh, David David Fincher. David
0: Fincher. Opus, in my opinion. I mean, it's David Fincher. You got Aaron Sorkin. You know, writing the film. It's about Facebook. It's in 2010. where face when Facebook was just everybody had Facebook. Yeah. It was depicted so well, and in, in Fincher's direction, and his mood, and Trent Reznor's score. Just the fascinating facts that you get along the way, and. Maybe you didn't know about how a social media network was set up, you know? Like all these little those little, little stories that you get from it, so good and so compelling and, and I can watch it anytime. I mean, Aaron Sorkin's writing is just so magnetic in that film. Sometimes he's accused of being just way too wordy. Mm-hmm. I think it works perfectly in this film because it is so tech savvy. When I
1: first saw it, I just didn't get it. It was too early in my game to understand quality of it yeah you know it was a talky Facebook movie for me yeah
0: you know I was like uh, I know it's talky pretty, Facebook movie take, talky Dad. Facebook movie but there's not a single explosion in this thing <laughs> no one punched anyone um, <laughs> but good lord man I mean it was my first Andrew Garfield I was gonna was, say Garfield uh, kills it he's so good in it
1: and he went from that to Spider
0: He did. I feel like he wasted his prime with that Spider-Man role. But we didn't know what was gonna happen with Spider-Man. I
1: know, but he
0: took the money. He did. And now where's he at? I mean, he's like a three-time Oscar Mm -hmm. nominee now, so. (laughs) I mean, so, there's that. There is that, but I wanna see more of him. I want more. He's so good. And then, you know, Eisenberg, say what you want about the guy, but I think he killed it. I think Justin Timberlake for all of his talents. (sighs) I mean, he, he he did a serviceable job. Uh, serviceable you know. is a great word. Yeah, very, right. but I mean, but the star of the show is really the mood. Trent Reznor. I mean, he yeah. really knocked it out of the park. Absolutely. Uh, but yes, that's number fifteen. Social Network. What about you? Number fifteen.
1: <sighs> to me, this is pretty. Uh, this is pretty artistic for me here, hmm. uh, Charlie. 1996. Fargo. Very nice. You know, it was toss up between Le Bigalowski and Le- in Fargo, and I'm like, I gotta get something serious in here, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, I gotta get some William H Macy. You know, I got to get some just perfect writing. The Cohen brothers are just so damn good, so good. And I caught this late, late in my game. I didn't watch it anywhere near ninety six. Major hit. Their big oh, splash. Oh, absolutely. Really uh, set them off. Quirky. I mean, it's Minnesota. Their accents, just the pacing and the. Dialogue and the everything about this film was just fun, dude. And I watched it late in the game with my psycho years, and I just I fell in love with the Coen Brothers after that. Come on. Oh,
0: come on! I mean, it was my first Bill Macy. I remember being so like blown away by Bill Macy's performance. Well, I mean, he's like true evil, yeah,
1: and like pure evil, and you know he's gonna he's fucking up the whole entire time. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just Coen Brothers, man. It's yeah. so good and so great, and it only trumps Big Lebowski because I'm like. This is a true somatic to me. Like, most people will agree that Fargo's—I hope to say—a better film than Big
2: Lebowski. But they're
0: like, yeah, I remember getting stoned and watching Big Lebowski Lebowski in college over and over again. I just started bowling and yeah, and Buddy's gonna suck his dick and yeah. All right, number fourteen. Here we go. Number fourteen. I gotta go with the wrestler. Oh like your ode to to wrestling it it did a couple things i mean it it brought back mickey rourke which i love yep but but for me personally it was the spark to get me back to watching actual wrestling again it was a movie that i heard was getting a lot of acclaim it was called the wrestler there's not much you can really deviate from that title so it's got to be about a wrestler i was intrigued and then. Uh, Me and my sister actually, we took a special trip to Dallas to go to the Angelica Theater in the middle of like the history part of Dallas to go watch like a special screening before the wrestler went nationwide. It was like regional, yeah. Like you'd only watch it in certain big cities, and so we went and why it was a it was a packed house, just full of pretentious hipsters. Oh wow! Just just watching this (laughs) in, in like a very hipstery theater. And, and it was so good. And, and I remember just, just being enthralled by every second of the film. I didn't feel bored. I was soaked in it, man. And Aronofsky's direction in that movie, it, it really bled into Black Swan, which became like more of a hit for him. But I think he took a lot of camera aspects from The Wrestler and put them towards Black Swan to make Black Swan as great as it is. So, yeah, The Wrestler. Like, I'm still a wrestling fan. And it, and, it, and it was that movie that resuscitated my fandom just because of all the well, word of mouth. Yeah, I mean, the Oscar buzz was. You know, Marissa and Mickey mm-hmm. got noms that year. Which I've and seen. Then, I've watched it twice,
1: and I think they got Marissa Tomei. God that's damn. funny. I watched it like eight times. It's She's like so good. so good. I love her. Looking fit. <sighs> Always. Anyways. My number 14. Oh, my God. Going mainstream, baby. 1990s Dances with Wolves. No shit. You know I'm a big fan. Oh, yeah. Kevin Costner's directing debut, just beautifully shot. It's that, I hate to say, it's that John Smith story. It is. Right, it's not
0: about the story. It's about, you know, the footage and the the world that you're encapsulated in.
1: Kevin Costner, man, was just phenomenal in this. Through the the whole way. I mean, he held the film the entire way. The amount of dramatics he goes through in this entire movie is, is... Ridiculous! The score and in the in the cinematography and it's it,
0: it's mind blowing. I was gonna say the set design. Yeah, was incredible. Yes, like it took you back there. I mean, he created a world. He puts you in that world to where you don't even think you're in a yep. movie anymore. You're just yep. watching somebody do something. Moving on. Yes, number thirteen. One of our entries actually match, and it's 1993's Jurassic Park. Hell yeah!
1: Na 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 na. na, na, na,
2: na. I I mean, in
0: in the same ways that you defend it. I mean, it's, it's, it can only be described as that theater experience when you watch it for the first time. It's like you cannot take that away. Like the second it's imprinted on you, it's there. You were there. You saw the dinosaur walking across the motherfucking screen in 93. Like, I, do you remember what people were wearing in 1993? Man, it was some of the most atrocious shit. Would... <laughs> a
1: lot of windbreakers.
0: Yeah, lot not a lot of technology. Backing up their style, but they had Jurassic Park, and it
1: was f- so fucking good. Take me back to 1993, opening night of Jurassic Park. Plus, you bring a 20 in into 1993, you're going to get a popcorn, a drink of some candy, and maybe
0: play an arcade game. <laughs> Jurassic Park, man, uh, I, I can't say enough about the film. We talked about it before, like you said. I mean, it's an absolute classic. It's a game-changer movie. Cool. That's
1: cool. We, we finally um,
0: matched once.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I
0: mean, we both acknowledge that this movie is great. Movie.
1: Across the board, I think it deserves a top 25 spot in all of time.
0: <laughs> you can't have Jurassic Park not in your 25. Anyways, number 13, Oh, uh, Hey, what episode was Taxi Driver for us? God, was it number two? Pretty sure it was number two. Was that Taxi Driver? I think so. It was number 13. Is my number thirteen this wow. is wow? So we I inspired, inspired a top
1: twenty, him. top twenty.
0: You,
2: That's an
1: it, it. trumped Ghostbusters. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this yeah. is Ryland talk. just
1: knocking them off the fucking yeah. list, man.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about it. That was a fun episode because I ha- dove head well, I mean, first into this. Well, film. I mean, knowing what I know now about your Vanilla Sky, yes, experience, yes. I mean, it is so similar. It's yeah. It's a uh, it's a journey. That yeah. that seventies dark.
1: New York City and knowing it's Corsese and De Niro being just top fucking tier. I mean tier one at it. I mean talk about
0: like hitting on all cylinders. Like if
1: your Sunday had, you know, so and so but mine had De Niro and taxi drive, I would be like, Look at me. That's right. Look at I have two cherries. My little Sunday's
0: perfect. It's better than yours. Yeah. Probably.
1: But hey, it's all an opinion. But no, dude, like performance. The gore at the end. The impactful ending to me, like knowing Jodie Foster only as an adult yeah. and then not seeing this until two years ago. Yeah. What a mind fuck, man. Dude. Now I see Joker with Joaquin. He won Best Actor because of this
0: literal knockoff of
1: Taxi Driver, I hate to say,
0: but... Well, actually, there's another Scorsese movie that I would love to recommend to you. It's called The King of Comedy. Yeah. If you watch The King of Comedy you'll see a lot more parallels to Joker than, uh, than Taxi X-Zone. Driver.
1: Yeah. I don't know what it is about, like, 70s New York gritty, like, New York City gritty shit, but, like Manhattan. It's such a cool setting for
0: any scene, mm-hmm. any movie. It's just something about the city that gives off this vibe whenever you film in it. it like, it's... Like, you can just tell that it, that's the real New York. All right. So, you ready to get these the last two entries?
1: Man, let's go.
0: Man, okay, so... You have no idea how hard it was to whittle down really? these last two. I knew what my number 11 was going to be. Like I I maintained number 11 for a while. Okay. But number 12, it's kind of like your taxi driver. It was a movie that I've seen in the last 3 years and it skyrocketed.
2: It just pop pop pop
0: like it it moved me, dude. And it's this movie made in the 70s actually, uh, called Sorcerer. And it's directed by William Friedkin, the guy who made The Exorcist and um, The French Connection. Oh, wow. And it was, it's just a fascinating idea for a movie. So I had um, i had bought the To Live and Die in L.A., uh, which I had given you the copy. Of. Yeah. I saw it, and I was floored by it. I was like, this movie's fucking raw. Yeah. This movie, like, doesn't <laughs> give a fuck. You know, which... Which really impressed me, and I was so I I was so impressed that I made a post about it. Yeah, and I was like, man, this. I mean, I've only seen Exorcist and you know Bug. Yeah, you know from Friedkin, and they were both really good, and this one's better than that. Shit. And then there was this guy in the comments that was like, if you want to watch Peak Friedkin, Peak (laughs) Friedkin, Peak Friedkin, watch Sorcerer. Okay, And, and I go. I'm intrigued, and during that time, I was I was rampant in the MTC. I was always looking for just title. Give me a rundown of the movie. Give me, man. It's hard to de- It's hard to describe. It's it's um, it's a story about um, people who end up in hiding for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and they end up in this like third world country. That's how badly they're hiding. Okay, and at the same time, they're in a country that's mining for oil. A fire starts at the oil site, just fire burning oil constantly. And what they need to do is they need to to blow up around the hole to cover the fire, to stop the fire. Yeah, yeah. But you need dynamite to do that. The only dynamite in the area is, like, up this mountain. And it's it's already wet. I don't know if you know about wet dynamite. If you just shake it a little bit, it'll explode. And so there's, like, six cases of dynamite that need to be transported from the top of this mountain all the way down to the oil place. And so the the local people, they're like, let's get those fucking people in hiding. I mean, they're not living for anything. <laughs> they task these people like, who's the best at driving a truck? And so it's just this journey to travel compromised dynamite down what a is very... But sorcerer has
2: anything to...
0: I don't even know. <laughs> I'm like... I thought it was going to be Wizards and shit. No, it's, I don't even know why it's called Sorcerer. Oh, my I God. Mean, but, but, but at the same time, I was starting my new job at the airport. And it was my first day. And I remember the night before my first day, I had watched the first half of it. And I was just, like, I was locked in. But then, I was, <laughs> but, but then all of a sudden, I was like, it's 2 o'clock in the fucking morning. Yeah, you gotta I got to go, go to it, bed. I, first day of work. But I had the night shift on my first shift at the airport. And so I had the whole day, right? Okay. And so I was like, oh, I'll finish that movie Sorcerer before I go to, <laughs> b- before I go to work. And I remember watching it and just the I mean as good as the first half was, the second half I was just like like I, I don't even know you can make films like this. What was epic. Dude, you got to watch it. This is number 12 for you. Dude, I mean that's a huge. I know. Recommendation. And I've never heard of it. Dude, that and I'm that's, upset right now. <laughs> Some of the shots they get are incredible and I was so inspired by it. My first day at work, I was like, I'm still thinking about this movie that I just watched. I'm about to slay the first day at work. It always reminds me of my first day at the airport. Like, Man, that's great. I remember watching Sorcerer. And it being like... Getting you pumped up. Just being like, like, how the fuck did I not know about this movie? It's one of the best now movies. Now I gotta watch it. Dude, it's so good. So yeah, number 12, Sorcerer. Easy. Anybody who's seen it, you can attest to it. Just hard to describe. Man. Number 12, Rowan. So I'm
1: going, Inglorious Bastards. Very nice. You better know how to spell it, too. Christoph Waltz. Brad Pitt as Lieutenant Aldo Rain. What a great character. I don't want to be a fanboy, you know. Right. But it's there. It's there because it's that damn good. Mm -hmm. It's ten spots away from the number two spot. Like, he is... A master of dialogue in this film i agree the, the this is the suspense and the the anxiety in the in the basement scene tension oh michael well, I mean, fassbanger
0: i mean this- i love
1: him he has both he has the spark and the skills michael fassbender man fassbanger fassbanger whatever he's got the chops he's got the chops dude and he's For got sure. the looks and he's got the he's got the charm yeah And he's got the spark but also, I mean, side character. I mean, I ha- I had to write down Diane Kruger and Eli Roth. I love Eli Roth to death. I mean, he's... Dude, fun fact. Mm-hmm. Do you know who was supposed to play the bear Jew? I do. Who wasn't? In- Adam Sandler. It was Adam Sandler. There is some very heavy shit in this film. Goofy shit in this film. Razor edge anxiety. And yeah. The first scene is... Sort of Gold. The- they made a glass of milk seem fucking ominous. I mean, there's probably not much better first intro scene to a movie than, than, yeah. than the first 15 minutes of this. And Christoph Waltz
0: is... It, there should be more in there, but I just want to spread the wealth, so... yeah I'm glad you're a Tarantino fan also, because there are Tarantino haters, which I never understood.
1: How could you... Go away.
0: All right, we're, we're here. We're at the... We're, we're knocking... at the culmination of this entire net. We are at the threshold, sir. Number 11. I mean, this is the one that didn't make the top 10. For whatever reason. Yep. You ready? Yep. So my number eleven is kind of a basic bitch entry. <laughs> but it's gotta be addressed and it's gotta be noted as part of my top twenty. And that is the classic nineteen forty-five Frank Capra film, It's a Wonderful Life. It's incredible. It's so ahead of its time. It's the movie that can still make me cry like every time I watch it. It's so lacking of fakeness. Like, it's all just genuine, and then you feel every bit of it. The narration is is sparse, so you get to feel the whole story. I mean, Donna Reed is fantastic in it as as, you know Jimmy Stewart's wife. The bad guy, Mr. Potter, who's Drew Barrymore's grandfather. What? It all just kind of comes together, and it just tells this amazing story, and Jimmy Stewart is at the top of his game. I mean, I would give Jimmy Stewart Tier 1 right now. And just the feel and, the, and and you know, just the Christmas rewatchability of it, just the story it tells. And I watch it every single year at Christmas. Yeah. I have to because it's just that good of a film. The film cannot be denied. It, it doesn't matter that it's a holiday film. It's still one of those films that just touches me to my core. Every time I try to think that I'm over it or that I'm too old for it, I watch it again, and I'm like, nope. You know, it's bearing my soul again. Yeah,
1: I feel you like know? it's the ultimate feel-good movie of all time.
0: It's so good. It just, um, it just puts a smile on your
1: face. And, and, and I love that it's attached to Christmas. I mean, it's mm-hmm. that's one of my favorite times of the year. I mean, my, my birthday's in December, so that's always a fun time for me. You know, Christmas, my birthday. Yeah. If nobody's seen it, introduce them to it. They have to, especially the new generation, the kids. And yeah. it, it touches everyone. I mean... That's a great choice. I didn't think about a holiday movie for your top 20. I wouldn't think of it You know, either. like,
0: I thought trains, planes, and automobiles might have been <laughs> out there before
1: this one. This must really trump that a lot. Dude,
0: it, I mean, it, it's exponentially a better holiday film, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. All right, so here we go. We're Next in feature. this night with...
1: Hello, Clarice. Nice. 91, Silence of the Lambs. I love these type of movies. Okay. I love serial killer, creepy... Drama, murder, that kind of realm. So this is to me the OG. The I mean Anthony Hopkins, holy fuck! And I feel like in a billion universes, Anthony Hopkins always plays He is Hannibal in this. In Jodie Foster, come on, that's you know, two Jodie Foster films in here. I know. Yeah. You know, isn't that crazy? This yeah. is Jodie in her prime. Oh, I mean, obviously, I mean she won an Oscar, Oscar winning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jonathan Demme, and of course a Buffalo Bill. I mean. Ted Levine, or, Ted man. Levine is, is, if Anthony Hopkins wasn't perfect, he would have stole the show. Plus Jody. So you got three amazing actors and three ridiculous roles. A superb thriller about a character who's so fun to watch. So, mm-hmm. man, easy number 11 for me.
0: I like that. And I got a copy of it now. The Criterion, do. baby. That's why I got it for you. Loving it, loving it. Uh, we we had a couple other things planned, but, man, I've had just such a great time talking with you. Yeah, man, it's getting I appreciate late. you coming over. <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time, dude. I always have fun whenever we get together. But, yeah, man, we, we have to wrap it up because I have to go to work in the morning. I know. <laughs> so, you want to go ahead and sign off here, man? Wrap this two-year celebration up? Let's go. All right. So, for Rylan Johnson, my name is Charlie Thompson, and after two years, it is so great that we are still spitting The real shit. Uh, We'll see you guys next time. Dude, what a great outro. (laughs) Holy shit, you added that little
1: spice. So, peace out two times, two years. And we'll see you around the bend. All right, guys?
2: I would have all of your fans if I didn't go poppin', I stayed on some conscious shit. I would have so many more friends if I lost my success and my confidence. I'm in the club every time that they play the competition. If they even play the competition, then I seen the response they get. Yeah, nobody's even hearing it. On top of the pyramid, Michael go to Jamaica, disappear again. My circle got so smarter, that it's superior. Saying to myself, y'all better not come to my studio with that fake shit. Y'all better not come to my funeral with that fake shit. Y'all better off realizing there's nothing that y'all could do with me. All I ever ask is keep it eight more than ninety two with me, one hundred. 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 One hundred